This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio. Excited to be back with another episode. And today we're going to be interviewing Bill Aston of Ciara. He's the general manager of the Americas for Ciara. And this is a very interesting company. Um, if you've been following me, then you know that I wrote an article uh, not that long ago in my Forbes column. And by the way, every Saturday morning, uh, about, oh, I'm going to say 8 or 9 o'clock Central Time, uh, I don't know the exact time, but it's pretty close to that. So if you're on the East Coast, it's an hour later. If you're on the West Coast, it's two hours later. If, if you're on the other side of the world, well, you have to figure it out. <laughs> but um, I release an article every week, and one of my articles featured the CEO of Ciara, uh, Alak Kakarni. And one of the interesting uh, topics that we talked about were all the mistakes that customer service makes customer service departments uh call centers support centers whatever you want to call them that but the companies are making these incredibly big mistakes that are easily easily taken care of if the company actually knows that they're happening and is tracking if they're happening and sure there could be long wait times due to uh, you know heavy volume uh, at certain times of the day or certain times of the year well guess what if you know what's going to happen with all the analytics that are available today should absolutely be staffing properly. So what I thought I would do prior to getting into the interview with Bill Aston is to go over a real quick list, the uh, 10, as uh, Mr. Kolkari calls them, Kolkarni calls them, the 10 rookie customer service mistakes that most companies are making. And here they are. Number one is long phone support wait times. I hate it when I have to get on the phone and I'm told it's going to be 45 minutes before the agent is able to reach me. Or maybe they don't tell me at all how long it's going to be. They just keep telling me my call is really, really important. Another mistake, number two, poor connection quality. If you've ever called somebody and there's lots of static and it's hard to hear them through the static, bad news. Number three, a dropped web connection or a phone connection. Now, some of that might be uh, customer on the customer side, but guess what? Regardless of whose fault it is, it's a friction point, and it causes the customer to have to restart their journey of trying to get support. Uh, number four, multiple prompts. Gosh, I hate it when I have to push one for this and then another prompt, two for that, another prompt, six for this, four for that, two for that. It drives me crazy, and I'm sure it does you too. Number five, having to enter the same information over and over again. And uh, guess what? That ties into number six, which is being passed between multiple support agents and having to share the same information and tell the story 
over and over and over again. Uh, I love it when companies have something they call one-call resolution or one or first touch revolution resolution, which is the first agent or support person that you touch or the first communication channel that you touch for support is the only one that you use. Number seven, having to sort through unrelated online or phone menu options. You know, if I'm online and I'm looking for all the different options and I click on something and trying to understand and move through the sequence to get where I need to go, make it easy. Make it intuitive. Number eight, poor voice recognition. Uh, And that is where if you're dealing with a virtual response system, it doesn't understand you. You have to keep repeating yourself over and over again. There's someone in my office over here. It's very funny because we know when she's talking to some type of a virtual response system because she'll say, help. And a moment later, she'll say, help again. And then she'll say it even louder. And then she'll scream the word, agent, agent, agent. (laughs) And what's happening is the computer is not recognizing her voice and what she's trying to say. And you know what? On the other side, if we happen to be talking to a support center and we're on the phone and we're talking to somebody that's overseas, and you could be overseas calling the U.S. or you can be in the U.S. where I live calling overseas, uh, it doesn't matter. If I can't understand the support person, it makes no difference, does it? Poor voice recognition. Number nine, oh, how about menu offerings that are not relevant to the customer inquiry? It's really frustrating to me to go down a path where it's asking me to make choices, and I finally feel I'm getting there, and then I'm looking at the next menu of choices. None of them apply to me, and I'm going, oh, man, do I have to start over? Uh, What did I push? What button did I push wrong? What choice did I make that was wrong? Very frustrating. And finally, and this is big, number 10, no return response. Or no return call, no response to email, no social media response, no response. This is so frustrating to me. Uh, it's It shows a disrespect. It shows you don't care. And basically it's telling me as a customer, if you don't respond to me, you don't care. If not only do I uh, continue to do business with you, but if I ever do business and maybe even talk to my friends about, I can't believe it, I called them twice, I emailed them three times, I never heard once and on the social media channels to publicly for a customer to call in with a comment a question a concern even a complaint for the company not to provide an answer shows the rest of the world that that's the way you care about customer support no return response or no response at all not good all right so those are the top 10 uh, rookie mistakes that customer service in customer service, according to Alok Kulkarni and a few of my comments to support that. In just a moment, we're going to come back, and when we do, we're going to be talking to the general manager of Ciara. His name is Bill Aston. Fascinating guy, very interesting, very high level thinking. This guy, you're going to love the interview. This is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio. We'll be right back. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the Shepherd Letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. 
Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and I promised you a very, very interesting interview today, and we are going to be talking with Bill Aston. And Bill is a general manager of the Americas for Ciara, and we'll talk a little bit about what Ciara does in just a moment. But Bill is responsible for the fastest-growing markets of the company, which are uh, Latin America and North America. And in his role, he's responsible for the growth and the operational team to ensure that the Ciara customers are successful. And what that tells me is he's involved in a concept that's become really exciting over the last year or so, a concept that is known as customer success, the way to ensure a customer is successful with your product so that they're happy with you, there's less support issues, uh, they stay longer, they're loyal, they they are connected. In addition to that, um, I don't know if, if you're following me and you've been reading my articles, I wrote an article in Forbes, oh, probably a month or so ago, uh, about the 10 rookie customer service mistakes and how to avoid them. And this was uh, an article that featured an interview with Alok Kakarni, who's the CEO of Ciara. And uh, that was a great article. But we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about um, something they're very involved in, which is testing to make sure that the right service messages are out there. And, gosh, Bill, you can give us more about that. I know I'm probably – I mean, you guys do some pretty amazing things. But, Bill, why don't we bring you in, and why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then let's talk about Ciara briefly, and then we'll get into the meat of the conversation. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time and and uh, the opportunity to speak with you and your guests. Um, yes, my name is Bill Aston. I'm responsible for – the operations of Ciara in uh, the North American and Latin American region. Um, my experience has been primarily in the contact center area, working for both Genesis and Avaya, as well as a little company called Voxify in the early days uh, as an early pioneer in uh, speech, hosted speech applications for um, banks, retail, hospitality, and so forth. I've been with Ciara for about four years and seeing the growth from a small set of customers to a very large set of customers and uh, amazing brands that uh, we are now successfully supporting and helping in uh, their customer experience innovation lifecycle. Great. Yeah, you've really grown. So what's the background on Ciara? If you could sum it up in one or two sentences, what does Ciara do? Ciara helps companies innovate, around their customer experience more quickly and at scale. Uh, the idea being that the customer experience environment is a very intense technology uh, environment where you've got lots of different architectures, you've got lots of different technology platforms that all have to work together seamlessly in a way that delivers a great customer experience. and. It's a, it's a very important time because customer experience is a re, the last remaining differentiator for a lot of industries, particularly in the banking and insurance uh, industries. Where uh, Yeah, and I'll argue it's, it's the, really any industry at this point. I mean, the, you look at yeah. all the stats and facts, and people, uh, executives are saying, you know, a huge percentage that that is the number one differentiator. It's not going to be price. It's going to be customer experience. Absolutely. 
And the, the, the challenge is, is that the environment that companies have to deliver that customer experience in is not becoming less complicated. It's becoming more complicated as there's multiple channels, multiple technologies all coming together in order to deliver a seamless customer experience. And, you know, the contextual awareness where if a customer calls in on one channel and then comes back in maybe via chat session, um, they expect that they that the, the, the company that's serving them will be aware of the prior contact and that there will be a seamless sort of flow in the customer interactions from one channel to another. And it's a very difficult thing to do, especially when many customers have, you know, 20,000 agents or even more in many cases. And those agents can be located in different places geographically, and they can be on different technology platforms and so forth. And just getting it all to work together so that it's a good customer experience is a very challenging uh, exercise. Now, you're talking about pretty large companies to have that many agents, but let's dial it back just a little, and I'll even take a look at my own company, which has just a few employees here, but but here's the point. Um, I still have multiple channels. It's not so much uh, a, a high level of technology. I have people calling in when they have a question. I have people emailing in, and I have people reaching out to me via social media. Those are three very distinctly different channels, and within social media, You've got Twitter, you've got Facebook, and and we get comments and questions and uh, not so much complaints and customer service issues, but uh, comments that we all need to uh, respond to. So whether you're a small entrepreneurial venture or a huge company, uh, this concept applies. Now, as you get bigger and you have technology coming in and you you mentioned chatbots, I think that's something that's happening uh, today that it's just getting better and better. Uh, People can't even tell that they're... Uh, interacting with the machine versus a human. And I'll tell you another interesting, I just sat in on a conversation um, with IBM, and they had some people from 1-800-Flowers. They have a technology called Gwyn. It's their version of Siri or IBM Watson. They're they're using the Watson platform to drive it. They've named it it Gwyn, which stands for Gifts When I Need Them or something like that. Uh, Anyway, it doesn't matter. But here's what the executive said. It's really amazing that when the computer says, uh, you know, welcome, uh, what can I help you with? The customer says, hi, <laughs> hello. They're actually talking to it like it's a machine. So I think that, that it's becoming more and more accepted. Anyway, I digress a little bit. And what you're talking about, I think, also is um, a customer relationship management system where it doesn't matter what channel they come in on. uh, You need to have access to all of that information. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. And you also have to, um, not only is it about having timely access to the information so that either a chat bot is hitting the right uh, back-end database in order to provide accurate information, but you also have to have it so that your IVR is uh, accurate and able to handle um, those kinds of situations where the customer says hi. Um, you need to be able to respond in a, in a human kind of fashion. Um, the customer has to be able to work its way through um, both a, a chat experience or an IVR experience in order to get the self-service goals accomplished um, and to feel good about it at the end. So there, there isn't too much effort 
um, that the customer has to go through or too much frustration that occurs during that experience. But ultimately, if that customer ends up making it to an agent, that agent needs to have that information at his or her first fingertips available immediately as well. Yeah, one, one of the, the things that oh, I go ahead, I'm sorry. People, yeah, one of the things that people I don't think consider is that, you know, if the agent is stressed out and doesn't have access to information in a timely manner, that anxiety um, comes through in the uh, customer experience. I mean, I, from my own personal experience, I notice a lot of times when the agent will say, oh, darn, my system's really slow today. And that frustration will translate through to the customer experience. So having everything really working uh, well in, in, a, in, a, in synchrony um, is, is super important. Yeah, and I think when uh, the agent says, darn, my system's running really slow today, that's code for I'm not getting the information I need quick enough to be able to take care of you. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, and the other thing uh, that I, I, I think that's a major friction point is when the customer has to repeat the story that they just, you know, spent 15 minutes crafting some type of, you know, text message to the or or maybe it was done over social media it doesn't matter but they spend the time to craft the message and then the customer has to start all over again it's it's almost as bad if not even more so of here let me transfer you to somebody else for you to tell your story over and over again so it's frustrating all right absolutely so here's a question what do you feel the true cost is uh, when companies unknowingly provide subpar customer service experience and and i say unknowingly it could be because of uh, a dropped call uh, too many menus um, asking the customer to hold on while information comes up uh, maybe asking them to repeat uh, the situation uh, that they've, uh, you know, just a few minutes ago uh, shared with someone else or on, on another channel. Um, the cost of that, I know it's it's staggering, it's huge, but I want to hear it from you. Yeah, there, there's been several studies that have actually come out um, with attempts to, you know, quantify those, uh, those things. Um, one stat that sticks in mind is that you know, 55% of customers, when they have a bad customer experience, will actually leave. Um, if you start to look at that, um, the numbers are absolutely enormous. The, the thing that was interesting about your question, though, was that the kinds of, we, we call these things defects, but the kinds of defects that you're talking about right here are what we would call sort of a SEB3 type defect. And the interesting thing is that these are the kinds of defects that sit out in production and repeatedly annoy customers. And there's really no way, uh, no good way, that companies have as a, as a way of uh, becoming aware of these things. And the, in, in talking with um, our, our many customers, uh, the, the way that these things show up today is through some customer that finally makes it to the agent is so frustrated and then lets that agent know that they were frustrated and why. And then that agent has to have the attention to detail and the motivation and so forth to kind of report that up through their uh, manager. And then the manager has to see enough data points that kind of sound the same to report or open a ticket on that issue. Then the IT has to jump in and find out 
uh, you know, what was the issue and try to get to the root cause of that. Um, and a lot of times these errors or defects don't show up in a dependable manner, so they're very intermittent. And so finding and, and capturing and doing the root cause on what those problems are is a very difficult and lengthy process. And some of the companies that I've been speaking to even last week were saying that when and if one of those kinds of errors does get reported, it can take them a month or two before that error is actually resolved because they have to find the root cause, develop the patch, QA the patch, go through the process of um, deploying that patch and then getting it into production. So if you've got a, a problem in production that's upsetting your customers for two months, Imagine how many customers are going to be running into that. That's crazy. What the ultimate cost of that defect is. There's a song that's playing in my head right now. Um, I'm not going to try to hum it, but it's the theme to Mission Impossible. It's like it's right. you know, and if you and and I'm old enough to remember it. I don't remember if uh, the Tom Cruise movies of late have it, but when this song was playing, that sounded something like dun 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 dun. There was always this little uh, at the bottom of the screen. It was like a fuse, and it was a lit fuse that was exactly. going along and along. And it's like, how long is this fuse going to be before something blows up if you don't stop it? And and what really frustrates me is why companies just don't take the time to do a comprehensive mystery shop so that somebody can come back and give real time, quick feedback to a higher level. Uh, and you use technical terms like patch, and I don't need to worry about those words, uh, but why can't we get a high-level overview of what's wrong, where the friction points are, and let's get in there and fix them? I mean, that that's frustrating to me. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but we're also going to talk about who you think the best companies are for delivering these types of experiences and what we can all learn from these companies. Everybody, you're listening to Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Bill Aston, who is uh, an executive over at Ciara, and he's been giving us some great insights on customer service, call center uh, activity, issues uh, customers are having. We're going to talk more about that, much more about that. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Don't go away. Do I have a great book for you to read? You may have heard us having our conversation on Amazing Business Radio, but the book is Big Hearted Leadership, Five Keys to Create Success Through Compassion by Don Sorensen. Don shares his leadership principles and how they help to drive customer service and experience and how compassion trickles down into every decision you make as a leader, all the way to your organization's bottom line. So if you want to increase your bottom line and lead with compassion, you must check out Big Hearted Leadership by Don Sorensen. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, talking with Bill Aston of Ciara. And we were talking about, uh, when we, when we just before the break, we were talking about, you know, why doesn't a company take the time to mystery shop to find out what the problems are. Uh, but, Bill, I think you have a different take in that it should be done much earlier. It should be done as the technology or as the, the process is being developed and not waiting for it, wait for it to come out to find out that you have a bunch of errors. Is that right? That's exactly right. And as organizations are trying to introduce change and innovate faster, um, many are having to sacrifice proper testing 
in order to hit the deadlines and timeframes that they're trying to get these new capabilities out in front of the customer. And, and that's a big mistake. As things become more complex, there's more things that can go wrong. And without testing, you've got basically open season on defects that make it into production. And give me an well, example of a defect. Well, a defect uh, could be being routed to uh, the wrong agent. Uh, defect could be um, the, 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 the kinds of defects are uh, unquantifiable. They're the kinds of things that can go wrong. There are certain defects that could only happen uh, under load, for example, when you get to certain load levels. Right. Um, but the kinds of defects that can pop up, they can pop up anywhere and everywhere in the customer experience. And I, I would venture to say it's very difficult to have a perfect experience with every single customer, which is why, you know, people have to be good uh, employees on the, you know, who are on the floor, who are working with customers have to be good at managing these. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking the other day, and I mentioned this on a recent show, um, I was on a retail website and I wanted to ask a specific question about the product. And it was, uh, it was a computer manufacturer's website. I was asking about a docking station, which is what you plug your computer into, a, a laptop computer, so you can put a keyboard and a monitor and make it a, you know, basically become a desktop. And there was a chat box there. You know, do you have a question? I said, yes. Does this uh, docking station, will it charge the computer uh, when I plug it in to the docking station? And the response the chat box gave me was, which model computer do you want to buy? And I go, okay. <laughs> I think I, I, I maybe it misunderstood my question. Let me phrase it a different way. And every single uh, way I phrased it, it came back with the exact same uh, answer. Which computer model do you want to buy or something to that effect? I don't want to buy another computer. I don't even care what the model is. I want to know if this, this docking station is going to do what it's supposed to do. And that's the kind of defect we're talking about. That's so minor. Uh, but, it, it, you know, you, guess what? I abandoned the site. And I went over to uh, another retailer, and I bought it from them. Absolutely. And yeah. there's certain products that are very vulnerable to that kind of consumer behavior. Right. That's that that's number you, you can go to just any site to buy that. Yeah, and that's that number that you mentioned uh, about 55 percent of customers having a bad experience are going to bail and move on. And uh, hey, that wasn't financial services or insurance. That was just a straight retail uh, experience that I was having on a website. Absolutely. So what are the best companies that are doing it? Who, who are the best? I'm, I'm sure there are names that we recognize, and are they doing something that we can learn from them, uh, a, a simple two or three lessons? Well, so the, the customers that, that we work with, um, uh, one of them is a, a big bank in uh, Canada, um, and they have just recently introduced uh, video, for example. Um, they've also gone and uh, looked at their their CXIO, their Customer Experience Innovation Lifecycle, and basically pulled it apart and looked at the flow of innovation as it as it makes its way to production. And they've got a very very um, rapid ability to test at every phase of the CXIL, so they're doing really good functional testing. They're pulling their testing out of their design environment, um, and they're reusing test cases 
from the functional testing through regression testing into load testing and actually using the same test cases in monitoring. And what that does is it assures that the testing environment, one, it originates from design, and two, that the same testing methods and approaches are being used throughout the entire cycle and into uh, production through monitoring. And because they're using the same kind of test cases, they get a much more comprehensive ability to cover the whole environment, and they'll be able to pick off those kinds of problems that uh, we've, we've been talking about um, if they do make it into production because they're using um, the, the same test cases as they were using earlier in the cycle in production, which makes a really big difference. Right. Now, so this is getting rather technical. So I want to take yeah. it to a really simplistic level here. Uh, the bottom line is that, uh, and you mentioned that they're using video, and as they integrated video, it sounds to me like, uh, from what you're telling me, that they were testing to make sure that uh, the right videos were coming up, that the videos were answering the questions or concerns. This is, this is live. This is live video from customer to agent. Oh, that's even more so exciting! Now, Talk about an accountability exactly. level. Yeah. Exactly right. So, so you, if if you have an agent that's live on video that's struggling with responsiveness from the back end systems, or now you have the custom the customer watching them panic. Um, it's a whole other it's a whole other situation, but. The, the complexity in bringing video uh, to the game and putting that on top of, you know, all the other channels and things that are in the customer environment, it's just one more thing that makes things a little bit more complicated. And kudos to this company for being able to roll out this kind of technology on top of uh, much of the other things that they do. And they, they, they recently got... Uh, scored, you know, top bank in uh, Canada as well. Wow, that's so exciting. The only way that a company can do that is is to have their act together and how they that bring in the innovation to play. And I think that's the lesson here is you do need to have your act together if you're going to try to innovate. And, uh, you know, we did, you mentioned the customer experience innovation life cycle. As this is being innovated and it's being tested, uh, it's so important. And you used video as an example. And Everybody that's listening, listen closely to this. If you hear nothing else today, video is the future. People are going to pick up not their telephone but their smartphone, which most of the time they don't even use as a phone, but they're going to actually connect with a company, and they're going to be using their smartphone video to connect with an agent who's also going to be on video. And guess what? That's going to create a better connection. They're going to have a feeling like this agent's really connecting with me, paying attention to me, and supporting me. Uh, we'll be able to, as customers, uh, notice facial expressions. Um, and, and I know that the agents will be able to share screens so that we can see things that we might not be able to see over a telephone normally. So this is a pretty exciting thing happening, and it's happening now, and it's growing and I'm going to say that in three, maybe even less years, uh, if you're not using video at some point to support your customers, you're probably looking at a competitor who does exactly what you do, who is using video, and you're going to lose business to that competitor. All right. We have time for one question, one more question. And this is my 
uh, my, my favorite question I ask at the end of any interview, and that is the one thing question. What's one thing uh, that you'd like to share with us, one idea that maybe you haven't talked about, or maybe it's something you want to reiterate? Well, I, I would say that, you know, when it, when it comes down to the complexity involved in these customer care environments, big or small, that the, the pace of change is increasing, the, the, the confluence of, of different technologies coming together, having to act together, you know, in a, in a symphonic kind of way, is it, that the challenges in, in putting that all together in, in the result of a, a true, wonderful customer experience, which, by the way, is something that we uniquely do. All the work that we do is all looks at it from just the customer experience perspective. But, you know, ideas are the easy part. Execution is the hard part. Right. We, so we, we have all of these great ideas, and we think, okay, let's do this. It'll be great. But if there's a glitch in the system, if there's a problem, if you haven't properly tested during the production or rollout phase of the technology, you're going to blow it. And no matter how cool the technology is and how great you think it's going to be, you're going to lose customers as a result of not properly testing and not properly going through the uh, customer experience innovation lifecycle. Is that what you're saying? I think so. Yes, and it's, as, as everybody knows, it's, it's cheaper to keep the customers you have than to lose one and have to go get another one. No doubt about it. So you shouldn't make the mistake. Well, Bill... Thanks so much for being on the show. This has been great. It's been enlightening. Um, we, we hear from so many different people, from authors uh, and innovators like yourself, uh, executives of companies like yourself, to you know people that just are academics uh, in, in, in educational institutions, talking about this whole concept of customer service and customer experience, which is why we call this Amazing Business Radio. We want all of our people listening to be amazing to their customers. So, Bill, thanks so much for helping us out on that journey to create amazement. That's been wonderful. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank you, Bill. And everybody, thanks for listening. This is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.